Another one. The Mets took two of three for another series win over the first place Brewers. This team just keeps on finding ways to win. We get into another walk-off win. The hitters approaches, the pitching staff, and look ahead to the final four games before the All-Star break. Our guest this week is my partner, Nelson Figueroa, as we do a five with Figgy segment on his career in Taiwan. Plus, Jake's two minutes on City Eats. All that and more is next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Ooh. Welcome back to Amazing but True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside Nelson Figueroa. Follow us on Twitter. At Jake Brown Radio, at Figgy and Y. New episodes drop Mondays and Thursdays. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate your support. Our guest later in the show is Nelson Figueroa. <laughs> we'll do, what? We'll do, this is the hardest booking of all time. I mean, he had get around his golf schedule, his around his life schedule, his bowling schedule. I'm a busy, busy man. Yeah, and uh, Nelson Figueroa will be our guest. I don't think I've ever done a one-on-one interview with Figgy, so why not now? Heading into the All Star break, you know we're we're running on fumes guest wise, so we need to uh, we need to interview Figgy and a lot to talk about here. Figgy, the All Star break is upon us. It is days away. Pete Alonso will be hitting Yabos on Monday in the Home Run Derby. We have the All Star game Tuesday, where no Mets will take part unless Taiwan Walker does replaced DeGrom you can't blame Jacob DeGrom Figgy for having basically zero interest in pitching get him healthy let him relax those few days and be back healthy for the second half so I think that was a smart decision but we got three games to talk about a doubleheader the Mets split on Wednesday and Tuesday a nice three-hour rain delay to pack people into the clubs like sardines after a win on Monday I think you should be satisfied. Two out of three against the first place Brewers. A walk-off special. The Mets' seventh walk-off win Wednesday. Pretty good pitching. You got some four innings of two runs from Robert Stock despite the loss. So overall, the Mets go into seven straight games with the All-Star break mixed in against the last place Pirates in first place and with another series win under their belts. Yeah. Hi, Jake. Uh, Nelson Figueroa. First time, long time. You know, you guys do a great job on the podcast. I love listening. First off, I wanted to say that, uh, yes, fans should be very excited about what this team just did. They continue to pull a rabbit out of their hat. They're doing it with smoke and mirrors at times. And one day to the next, you can't recognize this team due to injuries, personnel. And who's Robert Stock? His stock is rising, folks. No, stop it. It writes itself. That's a straight New York Post headline right there. Stonks. Stonks. Listen, when your 12th starter is going out there throwing 98 miles an hour and handling himself against a first place team and gave up home run, I mean, it's more than you could have asked for at this point. I'm just thinking in the years past, you know, where would you have been? What what level have you gone down or pitches you would have seen that you would never see again? We don't know what these guys will become. Tyler McGill looks really good. I really like what I've seen out of him. He was on Monday and, and excellent. Poised, control, went pitch for pitch with Woodruff which was amazing in itself. You beat the the Brewers' two best starting pitchers, and you were going to have Robert Stock starting for you, and still they had their opportunities to do something. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I loved watching this team's pitching. I mean, you go from, you know, McGill, who 
He's throwing top of 97 all of a sudden. Really starting to get comfortable knowing that he does have a role on this team. And then, of course, Jake picks up right where he left off. Gives up a couple of solo shots. This team hits nothing but solo shots, if you haven't noticed. The Brewers were just putting the ball up in the air and getting it out. Their swings look like they were all had the same approach. They crowd the plate, they swing across the whole zone, and they make hard contact with that outside fastball. Um, they were just lifting it out the ballpark, which was impressive in itself. And you thought Figgy, you know, after he gave up that leadoff homer, he was going to become the Grinch or like Arnold Schwarzenegger when they get Turbo Man taken away from him. And he just, you know, mulls through the whole lineup. He ended up giving him another, for the most part, outside of that first homer. You know, he gets back to his usual, I'm angry don't you dare hit me again mode yeah no and and that's kind of the what you have to do to attack jacob Degrom, right you can't be on the defensive time that you really kind of realize who you're facing you got two strikes against you and then you're at his mercy so you got to be aggressive you got to attack early their approach looked very similar you know they were just kind of hoping he made a mistake and you know ran into their barrel which was the first home run the second one same kind of thing the man is as close to perfect as you could get. And even he does make mistakes, but that shouldn't cost him ball games the way that it has over the course of his career. The lineup did pick him up. Clutch hitting at the right time. We're able to, you know, have the walk-off win with McNeil. All the things that I keep saying that a championship caliber team does, it's one thing to just steamroll and you're going to be bored with baseball. When you're 20, 30 games above 500 and you're just bored with the rest of the division because it's going to be lackluster from here on out by them as well, you kind of lose your edge. And we've seen that with the Dodgers teams in the past, right? They went to the World Series three, three out of four years. And it took them kind of scrounging and, and being the underdog almost to kind of put everything in perspective and have that push to win it all. So while I'm not saying the Mets are going to go ahead and run off with baseball and the, and the the National League East even, I like when teams are getting closer. I like when they play against first place teams because you see this team win in ways differently every single night. Last night was very unfortunate with the bases loaded. No, no one out. You're thinking, oh, here we come. Walk, walk, walk. Strike out, strike out, strike out. How does the approach not change? I mean, Dino Donnie Stevenson was out on the party deck uh, the other night uh, showing off the gun show. But, I mean, how do you not change your approach, choke up? And, you know, Lindor's up with the bases loaded there, and everyone's making fun of, why is he ever bunting? Why is he ever bunting? You know me. My thought is, I'd rather him bunt there than strike out. I mean, you you know you're not going to bunt with the bases loaded, but, man, can you get at least two sack flies, make that a 3-2 game, and then maybe you get more seventh bottom of the seventh inning magic that's treated the Mets well, the bottom of the seventh inning as you saw the last week you saw it against the Yankees with the big inning against Chapman how do you not just choke up get a sack fly attempt to bunt if not Lindor someone you gotta get at least one or two runs and chip away and we continue to see this team leave the seven line army on the base pass Figgy. and that's the tale of two teams right we talked about how that group effort of just keeping the line moving not getting necessarily the perfect hit pulling the ball hitting the home run you know there's no six run home runs and I see that in their swings I see kudos to you know the Brewers pitchers in that situation where they're exploiting the weakness of the hitters literally went right to it Pete Alonso they couldn't throw the ball high enough in the strike zone for him to not swing he kept swinging at it he keeps chasing it you know and that's one of the things that this team has a problem with especially in the middle of that lineup when Dom struggles 
this is what you see. You see those half-hearted swings, the swings where he looks totally confused, and they just mixed up pitches really well against him. They didn't give him a fastball and a fastball count. Then you had Alonzo chasing the ball all the way out of the stratosphere. That's the unfortunate part. That's the gift and the curse with this team because you know if they make solid contact, just continue to try and hit the ball hard. Those three walks that they got on with, that's the pitcher's fault. The three strikeouts, also the pitcher's fault. He kind of bared down and just really exploited their weaknesses, took advantage of them probably trying to be overly overly aggressive. That's one of the fun parts in baseball. As a pitcher, I get to slow down your tempo. While your heart rate is pounding and you want to hit the ball out of the ballpark, I'm going to make you really work for it, and I'm not going to give you anything really good to hit. You're going to chase my pitches. That's what he was able to do, and the Mets continue to do that, and they continue to strike out in big numbers even though they're having success overall as a team. So it always is the, those key guys, guys that come off the bench. We keep talking about, you keep forgetting, oh, yeah, this guy's still on the team. Oh, double with bases loaded. Rojas has been pulling the right card at the right time and putting him into play. So I take the two out of three and look forward to uh, really, you got to put a pounding on the Pirates and keep kicking them while they're down. Yeah, seven against the last place Pirates wrapped around with the All-Star break. You got to try and go five and two, maybe even six and one would be lovely here for at City this weekend and then three at Pittsburgh. I know the Seven Line Army, speaking of them, they will be down there next weekend in Pittsburgh. But Jose, 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 I mean, he's about to get the Jose Reyes chant. He has been like Wilmer Flores Jr. when it comes to clutch hits off the bench Jose Paraza does it again, and he does it off Hader, who Hader has never given up a homer this season. And then out of nowhere, Jose Peraza comes up the bench. So I do think sometimes Rojas does push the right buttons. Sometimes he's a little, like, I mean, Tomas Nito is getting no respect. He's been good, and he keeps pinch hitting for him. And it was weird because he pinch hit with Pilar instead of pinch hitting just with McCann. And then Peraza ended up working out. I thought he would save Pilar to pinch hit for Nemo against a lefty there, but the whole thing was a little bizarre. But either way, it worked. And then Jeff McNeil came through with the bases loaded and the Mets' seventh walk-off win. The difference between, you know, the Mets and many teams around the league between home and away is just drastic. It starts with the Mets at 26-12 and 12 now at home thanks to me cheering them on Yelling and screaming, 19 and 26, though, on the road. And the biggest difference, the Colorado Rockies, who are 37 oh. and 50, 31 of their 37 wins are at home. They're 6 and 33 <laughs> on the road. So you want to talk about home field advantage, 2021 reeks of these home fans coming back and the players are excited about it. But when they go on the road, it's back to the cardboard cutouts. <laughs> it's been bad, man. I can't even attempt to explain the Rockets because you have to be a pretty damn good team to win and go 31 and 17. And that's at home where it's even more difficult for pitchers to pitch. You make one mistake and the game turns around very quickly. Yet the 31 and 17, how do you go 6 and 33 on the road? The only thing that changes is you don't have the same altitude. I don't think it's that they're bombing on people and they're scoring, they're outscoring people that many uh, runs on people. It's just unbelievable to see those kinds of numbers. But that's what baseball has become, it seems, with the fans coming back. So I keep telling fans, you make a difference. I know you don't feel that way. This isn't like voting. Oh, your vote doesn't count. This is like real, man. This is palpable. This is where the ball players love it. If they're going to play at home, they have their fans behind them. Ask the Yankee players at Yankee Stadium when they're getting booed all the time now. And not only the one or two guys, you know, you're getting your stars, your all stars, wink, wink. They're getting booed off the mound. And, you know, your big hitters come up with bases loaded and they don't get the job done. They're getting booed now. So it's very, very different, man. And it's, it's difficult for a professional athlete to go out there and try and block it all out. I mean, we've seen guys have to wear earplugs 
slugs and things of that nature, but that's really not a comfortable way to play. So I have to say that the, the fans can always make a difference. You feed off that energy. You can feel it going through your veins, as Jake loves to say. And yet to make con la vacuna in your veins. Yeah, yeah. so... Everybody got vacuned, and now they're at the ballpark, and they're cheering the, the team on, and the team's responding, man. They're doing well, and it's, it's so funny. Like, we've had Met teams in the past with a lot of big names, and even in, uh, what was it, 2017, was it, where we had the pictures of, like, six all-stars lined up next to each other in the lineup, and you're like, how is this team going to lose? Well, I'll tell you how they're going to lose, and they got – they lost the often, early and often. It was, you know, a bad bullpen. There's always one little weak link. And for the Mets, it's been health. More than anything, it's been health. They're not scoring runs. They're still in the bottom uh, when it comes to actually scoring runs. But the pitching usually does so well. The defense has been upgraded majorly across the board. And so all it takes is a few runs. If you give this team three, four runs, they have a chance to win every single ball game on any single night. We're starting to see... Some cracks in the armor, especially when it comes to the bullpen. And it's from the overusage early on, I believe. And you see guys. And also, I'll be here to admit it. We can talk about it. Um, right around June 1st and the mandate coming out about the sticky stuff, certain relievers also on the Mets have struggled. And, uh, you know, we, we've kind of glazed over it because they still wind up winning. We don't even ever talk about it. Makuna Matata. It means no worries for the rest <laughs> of your days. It's our problem-free philosophy Vacuna Matata, and that pitcher that you're talking about is Miguel Castro. And, and let's be real. I knew, and we all knew, that what he did the first six weeks was, what's the word, an anomaly? Miguel Castro is a career 4.26 ERA pitcher. This is a guy that was going to get exposed, and you're finally seeing it. And, of course, you're right. I mean, the sticky stuff definitely plays a part. The guys like Castro who are doing worse, Clearly might have been doing something because he has had a huge drop-off. I mean, in April, he had only given up two runs. And then in May, he had only given up five earned runs. Now in June, five earned runs. and July, already three. His ERA has bumped up from 2.52. And now it is at 4.01. So in less than a month, his ERA has gone up 1.5. I mean, he is a big part of this team, Figgy. They were going to him a lot. Biggest change has been the changeup, right? He had this changeup this year coming out of spring training that hitters hadn't seen. They had very little success against, and they still have very little success against it. However, under which, he's not throwing it anymore. April, he was 31, 32% of the time he was using that changeup. He went to May, 23%, June, 15%. Now in July, he's only used it 10% of the time. So it was such a weapon. It was such a great thing that he could throw. He's throwing it less and less and less. So that tells you that the grip does not feel right to him right now. And whether it's from the sticky stuff or not, because that started all the way back in May where he started using it a little bit less. And then June, you know, we saw a huge drop off. Almost nearly half the time he's not using it. He's had to go to his slider more. So what do we know about Miguel Castro? He gets hurt on hanging sliders. He gets hurt on hanging sliders. Most pitchers get hurt on hanging sliders. Change-ups, usually if you throw it bad, it's going to bounce. Change-ups don't hang normally. You know, you rather overdo it with a change-up. Sliders, you have to be able to tease them with it, make them think it's a fastball because of that velocity. And so it breaks off the plate at the last, you know, four feet. That's a good slider. When you're not able to do that, and you're not able to spin the ball all the way off the plate. You have to kind of tip your hand early. And I feel that's what he's been doing is he's been tipping his hand early because he has to overdo it now compared to when he was just nice and relaxed and could trust the grip. So he's just one of the many guys in all of baseball 
that you look at its spin rates. His velocity is the same. And I said this time and time again. It's not that the sticky stuff gives you velocity. It gives you the confidence to use that same velocity and be able to have a firmer grip to create more spin, more action with the pitch. Castro is a huge red flag right there. And now if you're Luis Rojas, it's weary when you're going to bring him into situations, you know, with a men in scoring position. Even though he, his inherited runner percentage is still in the high 70s, you know, he's, he's getting the job done the majority of the time. And that's what you hope for with him. But I think there's still that trust factor that what we saw yesterday, giving up that home run, just to push him back just even a little bit further, that can't continue to happen. And he's that lone guy. You look at the numbers and across the board, I mean, Familia has been pretty solid. Drew Smith has a 2.7 ERA. Lugo, 2.4 ERA. May, 3.13. Diaz, 2.94. Castro here is the one guy getting exposed. And I'm hoping Lugo will start to take some of the, those more middle inning opportunities away from Castro where he gets you know, every couple days you get two innings because we're just not seeing enough Seth Lugo. And if you're not going to mention him in that fifth starter convo, we need to see him out there in close games. We'll see if the opportunities do present themselves. Amazing but true. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa follows on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Figgy NY. Next week, we will bring back the voicemail. Amazing but true pod at gmail.com and 845 391 3660 give us a call but a fun series fun to see peraza um you know monday uh you made happen i was uh third row behind home you know elitist jake and i was doing the churv and i had some people don't know what the churv thing is texting me are, are you doing gang signs on, on tv and i'm like no 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 no. and then i did a town down and uh my friend was like stop that's enough um <laughs> Can you blame but, him? Uh, yeah, but no orange. I went three days podcast shirt free. I think there's no need for an intervention anymore. I, I've changed my attire wearing a Mr. Smile shirt. You know, not many people at the ballpark. Tuesday was a mess, but what do you want Steve Cohen kind of to do there? The weather just kind of kept changing. It looked like it was going to clear, and then it would downpour. It would stop, and then it would downpour. So I know a lot of people were pissed off about oh my that God. waiting. But like, I wasn't, like, but there were a lot of people that were very mad about having to wait around. As if he's Scrooge McDuck and going, I'm making money. I don't this. think they like his tweets when they're like, the game is happening because then people stayed. And then they're like, I mean, they have responsibilities. I don't. People have children and, and babysitting and, and things Listen, to do. You could see Sandy walking in and saying, we're playing this game tonight. All intents and purposes, they said that there was a window to try and get the game in and the window closed up. And then you, it was the same thing that happened at Yankee Stadium to us when we were there on Friday. They thought they were going to have a chance to play. And of course, if you're the Mets, you want to have Jacob DeGrom going twice before the All-Star break ends. So why not? You know, try and hold out as long as you can. I promise you, he did not go swimming in his vault of money that he made off the concession stands and parking uh, that night. Remember, employees got to get paid. There's a lot of different things that happen as well. Ballpark still has to get cleaned up. There's still expenses that have to go. So there's no way. So for the owner to, you know, even be fan enough to be like, listen, I want to let the fans know what's going on. I want to keep them in the loop. You know as much as he did. I don't I don't feel he was trying to there was any trickery involved to get you to spend your hard-earned dollars. And if anything, he gave you tickets to another game. So you got your tickets to come back to a, a game, you know, the next day and then you also got an extra ticket. So what I mean, what more would you want from an owner? Uh, it's an unfortunate situation, but man, we can find ways to complain in Metsland. We can find ways to complain. Always find a way. Oh, you know, there's oh, always something to complain about. It, well, now we're in first place. We got to be happy for now. So, yeah, but we yeah. can't have nice things. You know how yeah. it is. We, we have nice things, and then you know we we got the 
the big name guys and they're not playing well and this guy's hurt and that guy I gotta say, I'm I'm worried about Conforto. I mean this is bad. Like he just looks lost out there. We worry about him being clutch. How about we worry about getting him getting a base hit? His average is all the way down to two hundred. So you talk about Lindor's struggles at two twenty. Michael Conforto is hitting two hundred and he comes up in clutch spots, and you're right. I mean, he, at this point, he's the last guy you want up, and that's bad for a guy that you're thinking about extending because the way he's looking right now, I'd be stunned if the Mets extend him. But before the season, I'm like, please do. Now I'm like, show me that you should get it because you can't keep hitting like this for a first-place team. In the stretch run, they're going to need Conforto, and when this team does, and I think they will win the division, they need him in October because you're putting him in the heart of that order, five, six, wherever he's hitting and you can't hit 200, Figgy. You just cannot. No, there's no there's no way, and he shouldn't even be close to this, and this shouldn't even be the conversation, but he doesn't look like he's comfortable as of yet. He doesn't look like he is seeing the ball very well. His swings are, it's not the same Michael Conforto that we've seen in the past, and especially in 2020 where you're talking about, oh, he had such a great season. Same thing kind of happened where in clutch situations, you know, he'd fall by the wayside. Ah, there it is, by the wayside. By the wayside. But, you know, when you see him struggling mightily, I mean, uh, we're praising Barraza. He's been clutch, but he's still batting 216. This new baseball is absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, honestly. 250 look, is the new 300. I said this at the looking, game yesterday. You're looking at guys. You're looking at guys, and it's not just the Mets, man. You look at guys all over baseball, and you're seeing big-name stars. Freddie Freeman has had one of the most unprecedented predictable swings in all of baseball since he came up to the big leagues this is a guy who normally bats closer to 330 than to 230 and this year he's you know barely at 250 and there's no answer for it bellinger yeah he was hurt but he is batting 180 something of that nature with only three home runs and this was a guy who i mean he's 300 points lower in his uh, ops 300 points lower boggles the mind of, of what's going on in baseball, especially with the bigger hitters. And yes, it's some strikeout numbers, but still you don't see that contact. So whether they, the ball is unjuiced, freshly squeezed, if you will, I, Ooh, I don't know. I, I had I don't a freshly know. squeezed lemonade at the game yesterday. <laughs> it was so hot. It was one of the most delicious. And they have a blackberry flavor and I wanted to like BBM oh, someone. It okay, was aren't uh, we just having, delicious. Sorry, aren't we having the uh, the Jake's take going into foods in a little while? Oh, yeah. You just can't two, wait. Two minutes at City. The, that lemonade, man. Although they, <laughs> they stopped the straws. They had sippy cups. I felt like I needed Lunchables, and I was back in middle school. I asked the entire stadium yesterday, is there a straw anywhere in the ballpark? And, like, nope. there's, like, none. I mean, I'm sorry to the Penguins, but anyways, continue. Oh, boy. <laughs> No, no, that's I mean, this is just the state of baseball with these with these big swings. And, you know, you're seeing some home run numbers. Great. But you're not seeing the the high averages. And what did you need yesterday with the bases loaded? Nobody out. Hey, how about the couple of average hitters to put the ball in play and that's why you kind of have to have one of those guys in the middle of the big boppers the guys who take the big swings and normally uh you know a Lindor would be that kind of guy Dom normally would be that kind of guy who can hit for average and also you know give you some power and you let Pete swing for the fences because that's what he does but it's it's definitely a, a different day and age and we'll see if it, the trend continues or if something changes at the all-star break because we're in midsummer now so there's no more excuses about it's cold out the weather the this the that now we're looking at you know they took away spin rate from these pitchers who were throwing 94 mile an hour sliders and now we'll see if it averages back out and the numbers go back up whether it's batting average or not i just think approach has changed in baseball and approach for for me is everything approach is understanding what a pitcher is trying to do and you know what the team is trying to do situational hitting that that's something that can never be a bad thing 
man, I, I, I long for the days of guys who just know how to put the ball in play and clog up the bases, put the pressure on the pitcher to continue to be perfect. And when he makes a mistake to you know someone with some power, the ball leaves a yard. The Mets have all the pieces to do that. We just haven't seen them do it all together at once. Yeah, I watch for that. I watch for guys like if if they're choking up sometimes, like bases loaded. Did they choke up? Are they changing their approach? And they're not. Like no one really is. And in that situation, base loaded, frustrating. And you know, every, you see it on TV. From I was um, behind the first base, the Mets dugout, and I'm looking at Pete, and I'm just seeing the catcher standing up, and Pete still swinging. I mean, these are balls way out of the strike zone, and some of them he was making contact and fouling off, but I'm like Pete, like I don't know, you hit, but I don't know if this happened to you. you this probably didn't happen to you being a pitcher. <laughs> I, had elite, but, I had an elite eye at the plate, sir. But like, do you have like the corner of your eye? Like, can you see the catcher behind you? Like, does Pete see him standing? No. Because you don't, right? Not only do you not see him, but you can't even pretend to hear or feel him because there's deking that goes on where they pat their glove as if they're going in there, or they'll say something closer to you so that you think they're inside. Usually, what happens is the guy at second base, while he doesn't know what pitches are coming because they're using signals and they're sequence signals what usually happens is the guy at second base is he could step off the base a little bit further to tell you inside if you're a righty or he can step towards second base to see that the catcher is setting up but major league catchers nowadays uh have been taught to set up really really late so you take that element out of it a little bit if it's a guy who sets up early then you could take advantage of that and that's all been scouting by watching hours and hours of video you know that you have some kid who you're paying as an intern from linkedin saying Hey, would you like to be you know involved with a major league team? Here, watch this video. And every time the catcher moves, click how much time is in between the catcher moving and the pitch coming in. So that way they know when, hey, this guy comes in there, you can give a step left, a step right, whatever the signals may be. It could be a looking to the right as if you're checking if the shortstop's there or looking to the left to see if the second baseman's there. And that tells the hitter inside or outside, gives him a little bit of edge of what's coming. You can't throw every pitch on every part of the plate. So if it's inside, it's probably going to be a fastball. If it's outside, it's probably going to be a breaking ball. You can see where I'm going with the little cheat code that's been done for millions of years. And it's analog. It's not necessarily digital. But in the digital age with HD television, it's easier and easier to exploit those things and have down to milliseconds how much time guys take emmy award-winning baseball analyst nelson figueroa this is baseball porn 101 courtesy of figgy oh, i passed out what happened <laughs> <laughs> felt like the old the school scene. felt like the old school scene right there yeah. when the, let's debate do we win the debate the debate but yeah that that that's all, all the fun in new baseball that's why i always tell kids hey you may not be the best player right now when you're growing up and but you still want to be involved in baseball, it's never been a better time. You have experience with baseball. There's jobs for men, women, children, all, all around baseball. Well, not children, you know what I mean. But there's jobs for men, men and women throughout baseball, and they're using the analysis in a much more intricate way, much more sophisticated way than ever before. Baseball is the dream for me, and the major leagues is the place to be. Look up that song, Mel Allen, Baseball Dreams, classic on the Baseball's Greatest Hits album. Jake Brown, now's figure out the Pirates. I know what you got for Hanukkah when you were six. <laughs> Literally, on the first night of Hanukkah, my mama gave to me baseball's greatest hit CD. And then the eighth night, Figgy followed me. Aren't you glad they don't have CDs anymore? Why is that? CDs nuts. I knew it was coming. I could have seen it from eight miles away. Oh, my, my God, goodness. The streak continues. And that will not be edited. That will make the final production. Of the show, the Mets and play D's Pirates 
coming up at City Field. They are 32 and 54. How am I going to recover from that low blow right there? A D's nuts special. We might see Degrom a short rest Sunday, which I'd rather him just get the nine days and just chill yeah. um, because you're playing the Pirates. You don't exactly need him. Uh, so go out strong, finish the series strong, and then Pete. We'll see Monday. Let's hope he's just okay. I don't care if he wins. I mean, the All Star game. I don't know. I do want home field, but I also want everyone just staying healthy because we're on a good run. We're in first. Usually we go in the All Star break. We're like seven games out. We're like, all right, let's go. Let's go see our guys All Star week. Now I'm like, you know, I'm kind of regretting not going. Our guy Lou is telling me, oh, come with me, blah blah blah. But I'm like, I think it's kind of late for me to plan a trip to uh, Colorado in five days. So I think I might You've just done stick worse. Around. Six days in Colorado with Jake just, Brown. You might have to get that uh, Uber te- Tesla again and ride out to Colorado. How about that? I mean, I that's never happened to me. And out of nowhere, I get a Tesla. I'm like, they're taking me to stop. By the way, speaking of the city field and doubleheaders, they're giving, doing Airbnbs with Bobby Bonilla, which I'm a little concerned with. Like, get a sweet Airbnb with, I don't know if it's with him, but it's like this whole promotion they're doing with Bobby Bonilla. Like, you can July 27th get an Airbnb and sleep at city field can we get doubleheader showers i mean i had my sweat towel out there wednesday i mean me others everyone gets smelly sweaty and stanky so we might need mr met to uh, share his shower in the boiler room with uh, some of the fans for these doubleheaders and that tuesday packing us like sardines let's get some uh city field showers going coming up Speaking of City Field, Figgy mentioned before, we're going to do two minutes at City. And in two minutes, we're going to time it. I'm going to go around the entire ballpark and tell you the finest of foods, the bad foods. And we'll have a moment of silence before we start to Mamas of Corona, which is now closed at City Field forever. It's been a staple since the Shea Stadium days. And Mamas of Corona, some of the greatest sandwiches in, in Queens, is closed. So before we go to two minutes at City with Jake, we hold a moment of silence here. For mamas of Corona. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm Nelson Figueroa here, Jake Brown there, and we're going to do this City Eats. Two minutes with Jake Brown trying to name his favorite foods or just foods that are available nowadays. Remember when the pandemic uh, restrictions got lifted, Jake was complaining about there were only two things to eat at the ballpark. And neither one of them were his favorite. So now he's able to roam around and spend half the game looking to put his gullet in a much happier place. And for the next two minutes, we'll hear what he's got. Ready, set, go. All right, so I mentioned it before we have from the stretch behind section 106. You get the three types of cheese. It's a grilled cheese sandwich. You dip it in some fondue, a couple different options. There's some chip varieties as well. Next to that, if you're vegan, unfortunately, thoughts and prayers to you and your family, they have a vegan corner. You get your vegan burger. Where Mama's Corona used to be, they have new sandwiches there in different kinds, three or four different sandwiches. There's a little barbecue pit one. There's some healthy options. You get a sandwich where Mama's Corona's used to be. Next to from the stretch, there's a new kind of brazen beer. I don't know what it is, but if you're bougie and from Williamsburg, you might like the brazen beer. Next of that you get the sausage and peppers you had you had it at shea you had it everywhere shout out to dumbo brooklyn as well you have all of your sausage and peppers all of that next to that freshly squeezed lemonade had it at wednesday's doubleheader one of the most iconic things in american modern civilization uh <laughs> they have a blackberry version of it as well it looks like cranberry but a blackberry flavored lemonade behind section 103 go get it they have the arancini balls not my favorite but you might like the arancini balls different kinds of things inside of them not bad next to that you get the cotton candy as well to the left of that behind 
Combine 103. You also have Sweet Chick. Chicken chicken and waffles. You get the waffle fries. They have different kinds of things there. To the left of that, you have the Polar Burger. Iconic. Lots of calories. You don't care about your calorie count. Get the Polar Burger. Forget the Beyond Burger. I think that's if you're vegetarian. Uh, Just, you know, again, thoughts and prayers. But you get the Polar Burger. Very good. To, to, To the left of that, Shea Bridge. Get the pizza. Good pizza. Not the best pizza. Solid pizza. The two boots. Box Freets. Had it yesterday. The chicken poppers with the garlic box box Freets. Incredible in center field. Blue Smoke. If you're getting the brisket, do it. That's fine. But get the cornbread because the butter will melt your life away. It's incredible. Shake Shack. Skip it. Wait. You don't want the line. Steak sandwich. Are the lines short? Get it. Pretty solid. Good option. Pastrami. One of the greatest pastramis you'll ever have. Up top. Behind home. Promenade. They have the steak fries. Get them with the filet mignon. Steak sandwich with the steak fries. To the right of that, they have sliders. Varieties of sliders, very good as Nine. well. If you're if you want a little snack, pizza Eight. cupcakes, ten dollars, pretty Seven. good. They have it everywhere. And then if you're original, get your hot dogs, your fries, and your basic things as well, Two. or the chompy donuts. Buy one. one. I still Holy miss some. <laughs> cow, seriously, I might have missed dude. a few. Might have missed a few. The best is you gave you know Disneyland times wait times on each one. Yeah, that Shake Shack boy, that Shake Shack, that's a three inning ordeal. That's a three What's inning the ordeal. Point? They have it in the city. They have it ever. I never understood. Now that Polar Burgers there, why get Shake Shack? I don't understand the fascination. Yeah, it's in the so. city, but I mean, if you're in any of the other five boroughs, it's it's a little bit of a thing. So you're like, oh my god, I'll have some Shake Shack, <laughs> and welcome to the line. The line is like Disney. I was too busy saying thoughts and prayers of the family that I forgot the popcorn and also waffles, the ice cream that's like in a waffly cone. I just can't do it because it'll. Back me up for weeks, but uh, you know, you get the wowful cones, very Jake, good, Jake, and then don't the popcorn. Forget our is family's lactose intolerant. I think they left me a message while I was at the game yesterday. I gotta pull it up, but like, I oh, think my dad was like trying to say to her, like, tell him he should stop eating bad. They're like, uh, I gotta play it because I couldn't oh, even really hear oh. it. This would be the first I was trying to play it at the game. Let's see if I can hear it better now. But it sounded like my dad was whispering something <laughs> in the background. She's like, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Let's here it is. Let's see. Hi, Jake. It's mom and dad. We want to hear about the fifty-five games you went to this weekend. So give us a call. I don't like this. Like this. Basically saying it's a life. He's not going to make it the way I'm eating. My dad is now killing me because of my 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 diet. I'm getting murdered by my own. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Tell him. Tell him. I don't want to. Tell him. I know it. I have diabetes. I know. (laughs) Oh, God. Let's do five minutes with Figgy next here on Amazing But True and take you inside the mind and the career of Nelson Figueroa. All right, let's bring in my co-host, Nelson Figueroa. We'll do five with Figgy here to close out this edition of Amazing But True, full of full of adventures and unforeseen things on this edition. By the way, what is the picture on your Wikipedia? What jersey are you in? Is That's with your Uni Lions jersey. I low-key need that jacket or whatever that is. Go to your picture, and maybe you sent that to them. But I need that Uni Lions jacket if you have that in extra large. Yeah, somewhere. Probably in my house in Arizona. That looks incredible. Is that is that like the bullpen jacket? Is that like the Basically, Rick Peterson, the jacket? That, so that, no, literally, that was when I was – so I was pitcher and, bull, um, and pitching coach. 
when I was there. So what I would do is that would be my outfit when I wasn't pitching and I would wear that. So this way I was part of the coaching staff and I'd go out and make my mound visits and talk to the pitchers, even though I had a translator who was about half my size, but uh, he would translate and I would say things that he would look at me and go, you really want me to say that? I'm like, say it just how I said it, exactly how I said it. So here of you watching, you know, from the outside, not knowing what's going on, it looks like I'm yelling at him, you know, and then he's yelling back at me and he would point at me and go, you sure you want to say that? I said, tell him word for word exactly what I said. And he would go and say it and the the kid's eyes would get really big and he'd be like, and I go, you did extra. I don't know what you said, but you did extra. This is a, it's like a comedy skit, me and this guy going back and forth. Cause I'm like, you're not translating this right. I know you're not like, you're making it out to be bad. What I said, and I didn't say anything bad. And he goes, I say it just how you say it. Don't tell me what I say. Umpires come out and they're like, what, what's going on? I go, nothing. Just talking to my translator. He's like, seriously, I thought you were going to punch him. Good did times. The, none of the coaches there spoke English. Did you always need a translator for every mound visit? Yes. Um, some of the, some of the players could speak a little bit of English. The catcher spoke English as well. So if I didn't want the translator out there or if he wasn't around or available, it wasn't like, oh my God, go find the translator. Baseball Was that a requirement? The catcher had to speak English? No, he was, he was just a, a very smart kid who learned English when he was in school and, you know, always practices English. There's two ways that you do it, you know, when you're living on an island and you don't expect to go off that island. You're not expecting to go anywhere, do it much of anything. This kid was pretty worldly traveled um, and his English was really, really good. His name was Eddie. Uh, they all have English names or they're given English nicknames. Our first baseman's nickname was Pujols, you know, just because he had a really good swing and he was played first base. Ichiro, we had uh, Ichiro in right field, even though he was Taiwanese. So it was a lot of, they loved to have an American name. They loved to have, be around Americans and then we say the expats, guys that come over and don't know the language, but we all hung out in the same circles, um, tried to do a lot of the same things. And uh, it was an interesting experience that way to be a pitching coach and go out there and the language of baseball is universal. You can go anywhere and I can make a guy understand what I'm trying to say just with hand gestures, just with, you know, the way I even just the tones I use. They can understand what I'm trying to get them to uh, what I'm trying to get them to do. And that was a lot of fun. Learn how to do that and, and learn how to manage people who I didn't speak the same language as and, and see the, us we actually did really well when I took over as a pitching coach. We wound up winning the championship. We were in last place when I took over. We wound up winning the championship. So it was, was this mid-2013? Yeah. I went as a player, and they asked me what was wrong with the team. And I said the manager and the pitching coach are Japanese, and there's already an inferiority complex. And you could see culturally, like, everybody was uncomfortable. They would get taken out of games if they were w- losing bad the main players would get taken out of the games and it would be to rest them and let the young players play in a a blowout game. But they would never tell them that. They would just pull these guys out of the game and they thought, well, they're pulling me out because it's my fault we're losing, he thinks, and he's mad at me. And they would never communicate with these kids. So I saw that when I first got there and I was kind of the outside looking in and they asked me what I thought. I said, I think what you have to do is you have to get rid of the manager and the pitching coach and let the Taiwanese guys take over and let these guys get more comfortable because they're a talented bunch. There was a lot of guys who I was there with in 2007. And then we had some younger guys who were coming in and they were exciting players, but nobody was comfortable. I could just see it. And so they fired the manager after a a game. They got home from a three-hour bus ride and they fired the manager. And I get a phone call at two o'clock in the morning and they said, we fired the manager and the pitching coach. Would you be willing to take over as pitching coach? And I said, I guess, since this seems to be my fault, 
But uh, as I said, as long but as you can speak the language. So how did how did well, you pull what that I told off? him was two things. I had to get a my assistant pitching coach was one of the elder statesmen of the bullpen. Um, so he's a guy who's pitched in every scenario, he's pitched in this league, knows everybody in this league. So he was my information guy. Like if I sat next to him, we would develop a game plan for each hitter. And then we would talk in, in our meetings and I, the translator would translate everything. Like I said, some guys knew English, some guys knew a little bit of English, but the guys that um, didn't speak any English at all, we had the translator for them. We were able to do that. One of the biggest things that I did there was I had the team bond together when I took over as the pitching coach and I kind of gave my, this is my plan kind of speech of what I'm looking for. I said that if we won five games in a row, I would cut my hair. The translation went, if we won five games in a row, I would shave my head. That's a big difference between cutting my hair and shaving my head. Well, what do you do? You mean bald like me shaving head or cutting hair like a buzz cut? Oh, like, my what do friend, you mean? It's, it's all over YouTube. You can find it. I lost all my hair. And I had hair like this, the long curls and everything. I was known out there for my, my long hair, my curls. And I told them if we won five games in a row, because that's not easy to do. So I said, we win five games in a row. I was the guy who started the whole streak. I pitched a good game. And then I was the guy who pitched the fifth game. And I actually gave them credit because there were ties in Taiwan. This is 2013. Okay. So when you won the second Taiwan series. We won the second Taiwan series. If you see pictures from the beginning and then pictures at the end, I went from long hair, just the same way I had it in 2007, to all of a sudden I had the cut, went bald. I had them shave the whole thing off. Had the yeah, yours doesn't going. look as good as me. When, when I seen you with lesser, less hair, it just doesn't look the same. You so know, I, you I need the facial. So I did. I, so I did the uh, the ball thing, um, and it kind of rallied the team together because they saw that I was willing. You know, here I was a former major league player. They had just seen me in the WBC, and I come over there, and I'm like, look, I'm doing whatever it takes for us to to win, and you know, we have fun. So I had a lot of like team bonding things. We went to karaoke together. You know, we hung out together. I said, you know, the the whole pitching staff. If we got back from, you know, having either a good game or a bad game, I'd be like, hey, we're going to go eat together in a, in a certain place. And I would pay the bill trying to get the team to, to have some kind of chemistry. And, and then so I believe the chemistry was before the winning and then the winning started and it made it a lot more fun. And that was the last bill Figgy ever paid for. <laughs> you know how it is when you know people. <laughs> What was your karaoke go-to song I in your a, lifetime? What are your I do a, top I do three? A, I do a hell of a in the end, Linkin Park. In the end, it doesn't really matter. That, That's that will, the that one. Oh, that's the story right, of my else? career, bro. What, it, what it, it gets tearful at the end. When I, I bring it on home, I shed a you, tear. You play, just, just one you, tear right there. See, you could rock the hair back. When I rock Bob my head, I'm just a bobblehead. You're, you, you at least got the hair rocking like <laughs> a rock not, star. Nah, Linkin Park's not so much rock star. They also have the rap side of them. So that's why I like that them. That surprised me. In uh-huh. the end, as your number one one ever right, i mean right, i right. I'm, I'm sos Love, mama yeah, me, yeah so i was I gonna say i knew it i knew it i was gonna say that <laughs> or lay all your love on me those there are two is. of my hamilton or anything any anything hamilton i, I can't do hamilton off. anything hamilton, oh you do I hamilton okay off. i got i, I got hamilton that. down down pat. so we'll do a musical karaoke you do hamilton i'll do mama mia and we'll have all the hits covered it's it sounds like a, a grand time you've listened to the last edition of the podcast <laughs> thanks that wraps up this edition of five, and maybe that was ten, with Nelson Figueroa. And that'll put the icing on the cake to episode 67, the Seth Lugo edition. Finally, a good pitcher in these number 60s of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Brian Mungia, for producing the show. Show your boys some love on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating in there and write in a nice, positive review. 
Gracias, mis amigos. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Monday after the Mets four games set with the Pirates heading into the All-Star break. Enjoy the games at City. I'll see you there. Let's go, Mets.